Then I'd really encourage you to prioritize next week where we have Marcus with us. Um, some of you will know Marcus. Uh, he's Guy's brother um, and leads a church in Johannesburg, South Africa, but he'll be out ministering. We've worked with him in many places in Italy, France, uh, Portugal, all over the place, and he's ministered here a lot of times. So it's a, it's a really good time for us. So prioritize that next week. Also invite friends if you want. I'm going to pray and then we'll look straight into this morning's message. Father God, I thank you for your word that your word is true, that your word brings life. And this morning, Father, I pray that as I preach that you would not only speak to each one of us, speak to me as well, but that you would encourage, strengthen, and transform us, that we would see you amidst everything else. And so, God, this morning, I submit this to you and ask that you would have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we said, we're going into a week uh, of prayer and fasting, and um, I thought it would be good for us to have a look a, a, a little bit at the subject of prayer this morning. Uh, and it's not an extensive teach on prayer, I'll explain a little bit about that, but um, hopefully it will give some insight, give some help, uh, and also encourage us to step out in faith. And um, I was reading recently, or this last week, I read through the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Nehemiah and the Old Testament, actually you could combine the two books, Ezra and Nehemiah, because actually they won, uh, just more modern translation would divide them to two. But, uh, and it speaks of the, the, the journey of uh, Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah during the time of the uh, exile in, in, Babylon, in Babylon, where the, the temple, the, the altar, the temple, and the walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt. And um, Nehemiah speaks... The book of Nehemiah speaks about uh, him being stirred by, by God. And so that's not the main text for this morning. But, but what gripped my heart was this, is that it, it tells of the account. He was the cupbearer to the king. He was exiled in Babylon. And he had heard news about the state of Jerusalem, uh, as in the state of the walls and everything. The, the walls were destroyed. It, was, it had been really taken apart by the Babylonians when they sacked it, but, uh, and hadn't been rebuilt yet. And, and it stirred his heart, and it, it moved him to... It, he was grieved by what he heard of this report. And the book of Nehemiah starts with him coming before the king, and the king notices that he's upset. Clearly, he hadn't ever been downcast in the king's presence before and he asks him what's wrong and what does he want and Nehemiah tells him what has caused this grief in his heart and uh, and then the king asks him what do you want and it says Nehemiah prayed and then answered and um, uh, it seems like that was a silent prayer because he was in front of the king uh, crying out to God God give me wisdom give me grace give me favor and um, he asks the king for permission to leave his service and go to Jerusalem and to to look at rebuilding and um, the incredible thing is that he is given permission to he's given leave but he's not only given that he's also given provision and protection and he goes and he goes to Jerusalem and there's a whole process of all of that he starts the rebuilding of the wall uh, with this incredible 
outpouring of God's grace on him and uh, with God's provision and God's answering his prayer. And uh, even in that process where opposition comes against them in the form of just intimidation, in the form of people trying to uh, trick him into doing something that he shouldn't do, and all of those things, they pray and and God comes through. And they finished building the wall. And incredibly, they finished building the wall in 52 days, which I don't even think we'd manage anything in Crawley being built in 52 days, let alone the wall around Jerusalem. Potholes don't even, they're still there. But the, the, the account is this, is that he had a task that God had moved him to be involved in. One that was beyond his ability required stuff that he didn't have, even to the point where he needed permission to go and do it, and he was bold enough to ask God, and God answered. But God didn't just answer, thinking, well, okay, you can have leave, but nothing else. God answered in abundance. God answered and gave him the leave, gave him the provision, made a way where there was no way, protected them, provided for them, encouraged them, strengthened them, when, uh, give the, gave them wisdom and discernment when someone tried to trick them into doing something. God revealed that. And what stirred my heart and captured me this week as I read that was, especially with us coming into a time of prayer, is that we need to be those who boldly ask God for the things that he is stirring our hearts for us to do. We are the same. We have a mission. The mission is to reach the world with the gospel, to show the love of God and the message of the gospel to those who live in Crawley, Sussex, the UK, beyond, to plant churches and start churches around the world. Because the world is lost and dying. Look around you. You see that it's hopeless and we have the answer. And, and we have that mission. But we can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own wisdom because our wisdom is foolishness compared to God. And in that process, even in our daily lives, trying to live out the truth of what God's word is, there's opposition. And we need God. And so we need to pray. And we need to be those who are bold enough to ask, to speak to him, to put our faith in him. And we'll see God come through in amazing ways. This time last year, we also had a time of prayer and fasting. And, and there are, we were chatting about it in our home group during the week, about the answers to those specific things we prayed for this time last year that we have seen through the year. God has answered. And just reading through Ezra and Nehemiah, I was stirred at, I don't know if it's the right word, but the audacious requests that they had. Not presumption, not um, kind of prideful, but we asking God to move on our behalf. I believe that when we look at the issue of prayer, we need to remember that it is a two-way conversation. It's not just asking God, but it's also listening and hearing from him. So it's talking with God, not to God. 
But also often I think we are so concerned about our prayer. Am I praying right? Am I using the right words? Am I praying enough? Have I got enough faith? And all of those things that we miss the essence of the one to whom we are praying. Because using the right words isn't going to make the prayer answered. It's not about whether I speak like this or like that. If I know enough, don't know enough. Whether It's about the one to whom we pray. That makes the difference. And we pray to the one true living God who is all-powerful, ever-present, all-knowing, Not very many people know people in high places to get things done. Maybe you know someone who, if you phone them, you know, well, if I do that, well, it sounds a bit like the mafia. If you do this and that, it'll be sorted. Folks, if you're a child of God, you know the creator of the universe for whom nothing is impossible. And he says, ask of me. He invites us in to relationship and conversation with himself. And says, ask of me and I will give. It's not about, really, about how we pray or what we pray, but whom, to whom are we praying? And this morning I could do a teach on all those different things of intercessory prayer, praying on behalf of others, praying prayers of requests and petitions and praying alone and praying together and praying corporately and, and fasting and this. But I don't feel that that's what, I, that what God wants me to do this morning. I believe that we need to understand that God is almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. And he invites each one of us into that relationship with him and says, speak with me. God wants to be known to us, by us. He wants us to live in that relationship with him. John chapter 17 verse 3 says, And this is eternal life, that you would know the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent Exodus thirty three eleven says, Thus the Lord used to speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. And in John chapter 15, verse 15, Jesus says to the disciples, I have called you friends. And he calls us friends. And he calls us into that relationship for us to communicate and talk with him. To talk with God. You see, in actual fact, when it comes to prayer, in some ways, prayer is us enjoying the care of a powerful, loving Father, rather than living frighteningly alone, trying to work it all out by ourselves. God invites us into that place of relationship. Because he knows you. He loves you. He hears you. 
He sees you. He knows what you're going to ask before you even ask it, yet he says, ask me. God longs to spend time with you. That's what prayer is, is communicating and talking with God. And I believe one of the things that right here at the beginning of our week of focus prayer, not that we don't pray other times, it's just a time of the year that we pray kind of now and we're going to do another time later on in the year where we give time to pray for specific things. And that's why the WhatsApp thing every day will give specific things, but also there's a list next door that you're welcome to take that gives a guide of different areas we're praying into. But what I believe God is wanting to say is, or challenge us with, or even some it might just be reminding of, is the authenticity of our prayer. What I mean by that is this, is that Last week, we looked at various things, and, and part of the scriptures we looked at was that part in, in Psalm 139. There was the one part we looked at, which was about the fact that we are formed in our mother's womb, and God knew us before even the day of our life came to be. But the other part was that there's nowhere we, where we can go to hide from his presence. Remember we read that? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the depths, you are there. If I settle on the far side of the sea, you are there. So there's nothing in your life, about your life, that God doesn't know. He knows our thoughts. He knows our hearts better than we know them ourselves. And yet he wants us to live in that relationship with him. And the authenticity of our prayer is this, is that prayer requires like any relationship, but especially with God. Intimacy, truth, vulnerability, honesty. And I think too often we can think, well, I can think like that, but I can't pray like that. You can. Don't overthink prayer. There's the, the reality and the authenticity of talking with God. That's what it is. And whatever you are feeling, express it to him. Whatever stirs and moves your heart, tell him. Whatever concerns you, speak to him. Whatever your need, ask him. Where there's breakthrough that's needed, Ask him and expect to see. And you know what? He doesn't mind if we pray the same thing over and over again. In actual fact, I think it's John, oh, I can't remember where, but it speaks of Jesus and says, using the same words again, Jesus prayed. So you can pray for the same thing over and over again. The... the, The truth is this, is that between praying, don't be anxious, worried, and take it all onto yourself. Give it to him. We pray, we give it to him, and we can pray again. But between those times, don't try and fix it. Don't get all anxious and worried. Trust him. You see, in actual fact, prayer is God inviting us into a place of trusting him implicitly with our lives. 
it actually reveals more about our prayer, reveals more about how we perceive God than what we say to others. Because either we're saying, well, I've got this, or God, we're saying, God, I need you. The world that we live in is so big on, and uh, 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 this isn't a comment, uh, it isn't a judgment on it at all, but there's, there's so much talk that has gone on recently, and, and rightly so, about um, the need to talk and mental health and all of those things. And that's important and that's good. But I think what's even more important is that we talk with God. And that we talk with God honestly, vulnerably, about everything. He knows anyway. But that's how you build your relationship with God. And he says that you don't have because you don't ask. And when you do ask, you ask with the wrong motive. And that you can spend what you have on yourself. So really, there are not too many things that Scripture says, well, this is the wrong way to pray. The one is our motives. If we're praying and asking God for stuff just so that we can have it or we can, that, that's wrong. If we're praying in public aloud so others can see how holy we are, that's wrong. Scripture speaks about us praying privately in, a, in secret. It also speaks about us praying together. In fact, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, when they said, teach us and what's known as the Lord's Prayer, which actually is really him teaching us. It's not really the Lord's Prayer. That's a different thing. But um, the whole context of that is, our Father, not my Father, our Father. Give us. The whole context of him teaching his disciples when they ask him to pray is in the context of community. So we do pray together, but even when we're praying together, it's not in that process when we join together to pray together, there's encouragement and there's faith that's built when we hear what others are praying for, but we're not praying for them to hear. We're not praying to each other, we're praying to God. But we're praying together and we have the privilege of hearing what others are praying so that we can also stand in agreement and pray with them. Because when two or three are, are gathered together, God's in their midst, when two agree on something, it is powerful. And in actual fact, the scripture says in James that the prayers of the righteous, and that's those who know God and are covered with his righteousness, are powerful and effective. And just as I mentioned earlier, when Nehemiah asked God in that moment because it said he was standing before the king and the king asked him, what do you want? And it says, and he prayed and then responded. I'm quite certain that he didn't say, just hang on, I need to go and pray. <laughs> then he came back and answered because it flows. And so if we think that actually in the moment we can't just cry out and God's, that's a half prayer, God's not really good. Nonsense. He prayed and in that moment, in the middle of his conversation with the king, he cried out to God. And God answered. Not small, but God answered. Within, so if you think in the midst of an issue, or in the midst of a moment, and something comes, you think, well, that wasn't really a prayer. If you spoke to God with a heart that says, God, I, I need your help. God, show me. God, what? He answers. 
He answers when we look at Jesus. Jesus went on his own to pray early in the morning. He, he prayed at different times. He prayed for all sorts of things. But what we do see is this, is that he only did what the Father told him. He only did what he saw the Father doing. In other words, his prayer to God, his Father, wasn't just one of God do this, Father do that, Father do that. But it was, Father speak. I'm listening. And so the authenticity of our prayer should also be the reality and the truth of God. This is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on. This is what's bothering me. God, this is stirring my heart. This breaks my heart. But God, what are you saying? What do you want me to hear? What do you want me to do? You see, we have access to Almighty God who invites us to be involved in things that matter for eternity. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, when it speaks, let your kingdom come, that's us saying, God, not me, not my will, not what I want, but your kingdom. The things of eternity, the things of eternal consequences, let that come. And God, inv- this is the incredible thing. God who can do anything, however he wants, whenever he wants, invites us to get involved with him. To see things change, to see things move, to see eternal things put in place. Time and time again, we see in Scripture, when they prayed, God moved. Not that he had to wait, but he chose to respond to the prayer and the cry of his people. And so we have the privilege of being involved in those things with God. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 is a well-known passage of Scripture, sometimes taken completely out of context. But the principle is this. It says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves and pray, and I will, I will turn and heal their land. If they stop their wicked ways, if they humble themselves, and if they ask me, I will do. James 4, you do not have because you do not ask. Luke 11, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. In the book of Acts, where the, the early church, when Peter was, James had been killed, Herod was on the throne, Peter was in prison, looked like he was going to be killed. And it says, but the church prayed. And Peter came out of prison. Not because the governor decided. But if you read that in Acts chapter 12 in the New Testament, tells the account of he was in prison between guards in chains and an angel of the Lord came and freed him and led him out. He thought it was a dream. Then suddenly he realized where he was because the church prayed. Because the church prayed. Jeremiah 29 verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will hear. 
that's as true for them as it is for you and I. God says, come and talk with me. Come and speak with me. God invites us to call on him. He wants us to speak with him. And if you think, well, but I've prayed and he hasn't answered. God answers in his time, in his way, in absolute perfection for your best. If you, one of those people, and I know some people do, so this isn't to belittle that or anything else. If you're one of those people who think, well, I don't pray much because God doesn't answer. Or he, imagine if God answered every prayer you prayed with the answer you wanted. Just think back on your life. You probably wouldn't be here today. You probably wouldn't, you might not even be married to the person you're married to. Thinking of teenagers who ask God for crazy things. But you see, so, you see, when we, you see, sometimes we don't ask God and we don't want to engage in prayer because actually we want our answer, not his. Yeah. And we think if we pray, then God's going to answer and he's going to do what he wants to do, not what I want him to do. The fact is, God knows what's best. Whether we understand that or not, God knows what's best. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. He knows what's best in, in the context of everything that we face. And even the difficult things we go through, when we, he carries us through. So if you do battle with the fact, well, God doesn't answer, maybe he has. You've just not seen it. Because it's not actually what you want to hear. But God says he will answer. And he will answer in his time, in his way. And he doesn't see things as we do. Or let's put it this way. We don't see things as he does. Because he's beyond our time frames and our thinking and understanding. He sees the beginning and the end and He's beyond all of that. And with all of that knowledge, with all of that sight, with all of that understanding, with all of that authority, with all of that power, he's the one we pray to, but also he's the one who knows what's best. And so prayer is intimate, prayer is real, prayer is relational, but prayer is about trust and faith. Not in your prayer but in God. We trust Him. My faith isn't in how often I pray. My faith is in God. I don't trust the power of my prayer. I trust God. And so, this morning, as we end off, I've just got one or two challenges, but... I hope that's made sense this morning. That, uh, and if you want, uh, if you need some, uh, or want some resources about different types of prayer and pray, speak to me, I can give you those. But this morning I really felt the, the, the thing of 
authenticity and reality of our prayer with God, our talking and communing with him. God wants us to, in some ways, lay it all out before him. That, don't try and hide. Don't think, well, I, I have to pray like this, and I have to speak like this, and I can't say that, and I can't. He is your father. If you can't speak to him, who can you speak to? If you can't trust him, who can you trust? And then the other part was be bold. Be bold with what you pray for and ask for. You might have situations at the moment that you're facing you think this is impossible. Not for him. Ask him. Trust him. And see. It might not turn out like you think. It might not be in your time frame. But God says when we call on him, he will answer. When we pray, he hears. And he responds. So what are you asking God for? What are you bringing before him that is a concern or a joy? I see it doesn't all just have to be about issues and problems. Talk to him about what is excites you, what is joyful, what is wonderful, what is what is what you what is what you're grateful for, what is all of those things. If my children only ever spoke to me when they wanted something, they certainly wouldn't get a thing. But that's me. <laughs> you know those people who only ever phone you when they've got want something from you? Do you like them? Are they easy? Not really. And I'm I'm not saying God's like that because he's gracious. And he's far better than any of us. And he's perfect. But really our, our, our prayers shouldn't just be God fix this. God sort that. God I want this. God do that. Because it's relational. It should also contain things of our conversation with him should God that's amazing thank you for this thank you for that person I'm grateful for this it's relationship but it needs to be real it needs to be real whatever it is that you're facing whatever it is that delights you whatever it is that you're trusting for be truthful real and vulnerable with God, don't hold back and ask big prayers. Nehemiah needed to build a wall, an impossible task for one man. He needed time away from the king, he needed provision, he needed protection to get there because it was dangerous, he was going to need favor that those people he went to would actually even help him. And God did it all. What is it that God's got for you to do? What is it that God's got for us? Let's be bold this week. And this week, as we set time aside, I'd encourage you, change your pace of life. It is just a week. If you, as much as you can, take time out. Maybe a little bit more than before. If you can fast, fast. 
which isn't starving, it's replacing that time you would spend eating with seeking after him, to be replenished or focused on him. But change your pace this week. Set time aside and allow God to speak. But also be real with him. Be bold. Ask him. So that by the end, hopefully by the end of this week, things will be put in place that becomes a pattern for us. But in this week, we, we do that with expectation that God's going to speak. I, I, I trust that during this week, people, would, people who need healing will be healed. Where breakthrough is needed, breakthrough will come. The things that we're going to be praying for as a church, for us corporately, we will see. We can look back over this year and see his faithfulness already. How much more? And that should stir our hearts. God, you answered that. Why did I ask so little? Why did I ask so little? Because nothing's impossible for him. But God is inviting you close to ask, to hear, to speak. Because he loves you. He sees you. He cares for you. He hears you. And he has the best for you. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are not far off. Though you are God, creator of heaven and earth, you are also close. That our prayer and our communication with you does not fall on deaf or uninterested ears. But those of the living God who is our Father who loves us completely, perfectly, passionately. Father, I ask for everybody who is part of Christ Church and anyone here today or listening online. Father, that if, if anyone battles to talk with you for whatever reason, God, I pray that even today there would be a change in how they speak, in their experience of communing with you. God, I thank you that we can talk with you as one talks with a friend. There's nothing that we cannot bring before you. Thank you, God, that it's not complicated. Lord, I pray that our prayer and our expression of our relationship with you would be real, would be honest, would be faith-filled, would be one of trust, that we would not hold back in what we ask or what we say or what we express. Because we speak with you, the creator of heaven and earth, eternal God. And I ask, Lord, that this week, as we set time aside, that we would hear you more clearly that we would ask of you more boldly, that we would step out with more courage, and that we would be expectant to see answers to prayer in ways we've never seen before. Thank you for all that you have done already. 
Thank you for all the answers to those things that we have asked. Father, lead us on. That you would be glorified, that we'd be able to accomplish the purpose and the task and the plan that you have for each one of our lives and us corporately. In Jesus' name, amen.